should get into this one. Yeah. Uh, hadn't seen this movie in its entirety in a while. I, I, I just watched it um, recently, like in the last few months. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't seen it um, in its entirety in a while. I, I, uh, it definitely feels like a David Fincher movie, but it's like... It's, uh, you could tell it's like one of his first, um, but yeah, I watched it. I forgot about the whole like Nine Inch Nail remix. Oh yeah. Intro. In the beginning. Yeah. But it's funny too. Cause, uh, I never even thought about that. And then it's like, oh, he does, Trent Reznor does a social networks, uh, score later on. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Anyway, uh. It's perfect for the intro yeah it is it is it's um Very sexual i feel yeah i feel like the the intro is uh that type of intro like gets popularized maybe by this movie yeah for um, sure and then gets really like a there's a lot of movies shit. do that later on in the like early 2000s yeah. later on but uh anyway uh let's get into this one so let's uh hit that play button and play it again man you must remember this a kiss is just a kiss. Good morning, Vietnam! You're gonna need a bigger boat. Erica! 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 Hasta la vista, What's up, everybody? This is Steven here. I'm here with Jason. What's up? And we are going to do David Fincher's Seven, <clears throat> 1995. It was released on September 22nd, 1995 uh, through New Line Cinema. Like I said, David Fincher directed this movie, and it stars Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Kevin Spacey, and a few other people. The uh, movie had a budget of $33 million, and it pulled in a whopping $327.3 million. So... This was a success for sure. A um, lot of stuff going on with David Fincher about the fact that he didn't want to make any other movies because the movie he made previous to this was um, Alien 3, which was not successful at all. And I uh, the production on that um, apparently was really bad. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll get into all that stuff after we start at the beginning like we always do and talk about when we first saw this movie or when we first remember it becoming a thing for us. I remember watching it at home with my family on cable and, you know, definitely too young to be watching a movie like this. Yeah. But my parents didn't seem to care on movies like, it was really just like movies that had like crazy sex scenes. Yeah, yeah. was like a big thing that, but even then, I mean, we watched, I watched the movie, I watched Wild Things with my mom. And my sister. sister. So it was very like wishy-washy about like what movies we're able to watch, movies we're not supposed to be watching. Like, but this one I remember watching this for sure as a kid. I remember really liking it, really enjoying the movie. Yeah. And I, you know, oddly enough, like I understood everything, what was going on. Maybe not everything, but like yeah, it's it's a pretty prime like primal human. I I was reading a little bit on why David Fincher got into it, and he he said that it seemed a lot less uh like police procedural and more of like a study on like evil so it's a lot of like the evil in humanity so it's a lot of like primal themes and like 
shit. Yeah. So it's it it is pretty easy to understand um, compared to a lot of other detective. And, yeah, and, and I think it also like hit home too because at the time I was in uh, private school. You know, I I, I most of my elementary school was private, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I'm pretty sure. What well, what year was this? Ninety five. This was ninety five. So, so yeah. I mean, what second grade, something like that. Something like that. You know. Um, Which is pretty gnarly. I remember, yeah, second grade. I think I'm pretty sure I was in a Christ, like a Christian school or some shit. So, you know, like I was like, oh yeah, like I, it's not deadly. Sins. It's not like I was like, oh, these people deserve to die, but like I was <laughs> like, uh, you know, but yeah. like I was just like, oh yeah, like it, it's a sin. Like it's I, oh like so, so they should they should get they got what they no deserve. no no not like that, but like I don't know. Just the whole religious. No, I, I feel I feel that. the same way. When yeah. I when I was when I was younger and because I mean I grew up semi-religious too. Yeah. And when I was younger, things like this meant more to me and yeah. made more sense to me. I, I think it scared me more. Yeah, that's like, that's what it is. Yeah, like it reinforced it reinforced yeah. the like the whole God wrath yeah, like yeah, yeah. judgment type fucking shit like he like which he, is a horrible way to raise your children yeah, um scare tactics so it's like uh yeah anyway uh but yeah and then so you liked him when you first saw it but what about like as you got older and you started appreciating like movies more like was there a point where you like would put it on more than yeah like just once a year or something? i would say like yeah high school uh, i'm sure i watched it but Maybe I wasn't so crazy about it. I was probably more wanting to watch Cheech and Chong and yeah. fucking like you know movies about rock bands or like uh-huh. you know um, movies like that, more fun shit. And then you know twenties and on to now, like I I I'll, I'll sit and watch this movie just from time to time. I showed this movie to Melissa for the first time. Oh, really? She had. I mean, she said she had seen it, but she, but, but I don't really remember. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you haven't seen it. Yeah. And then, because if you've seen this movie, yeah, you are going to remember. Even I remember as a kid, like, and I haven't seen this movie that many times. Yeah. I've probably seen it maybe ten times. Yeah, yeah. Which is not a lot compared to movies like the other ones that other ones I've seen that we've done. Like, but. It's it's like you said, like you see it, you remember it. Uh huh. And unless you're not really paying attention. Yeah. But it's fucking hard. This movie's amazing. <laughs> it is. And, and uh pulls you in, man. It's just it's you're it's, in for the ride. It's wild. Um so for me, uh I remember when this movie came out, but I didn't watch it right away. Uh and I remember my sister really, really <clears throat> liking this movie. She had a thing for Brad Pitt, turned out to be a lesbian, so go figure. But um, she loved movies that, like, I remember she would always watch Legends of the Fall all the time. And then she loved this movie. And I just remember her and my cousin watching this movie, like, over and over again. And because they were so much older than me, I always wanted to watch the stuff that they were watching. So I didn't see it right when it came out, but maybe closer to, like, the year 2000, like, when I was little, like, getting, like, into my teen years. Yeah. And I remember watching it and being like, this is really fucked up, like. Uh, I've seen like murder mystery movies or whatever, but the, uh, the, some of the shit that happens in this movie is really fucking dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and really it's like, uh, 
it's borderline the same way I feel like with Silence of the Lambs, where it's like a thriller, but it's borderline like a horror movie. Yeah. To the point that I think in, um, I'm almost positive, at Universal one year, they had a seven-themed uh, maze. Because mm-hmm. I remember going, and they had a room with all the the trees hanging from the, uh. the, the, what do you call those things? Fucking scent things yeah air fresheners yeah, air fresheners that's what i'm looking for so thank you um but yeah it's it's a really crazy movie but yeah i remember seeing it then and it definitely left its mark on me and then i didn't really i would see it sometimes on cable um but i didn't really have like that much appreciation for it until i think after i because at, at the time i didn't know who david trincher was and it wasn't until i saw like fight club in a few years after that movie came out that I was really like, oh, I want to know what else this guy did. So I was like, oh, seven. I remember that movie. Went back and watched it. And then like in high school, remember watching it like a few times and just being and talking to my friends like, oh, have you ever seen this movie or whatever? And over time, you know, just going back to anything that David Fincher does is usually pretty cool. Um, and yeah, it, ever, ever since then, um, it's been a movie that... Uh, if it's on TV and I don't got anything to do, I'm more than yeah. likely going to just sit there and watch it. It's it, it, like you said, it pulls you in and, um, there's a, there's such a creepiness about it. David Fincher has this, this thing about his movies. There's like a silence in them where people are like being like introspective about what's going on in their lives. And it kind of like you're thinking and you're thinking, you're trying to like hear what the person's, saying in their head and there's no sound going on like and even if there's music and stuff it just seems really really um drawn out and it makes you want to sit there and like find out what's going to happen next but yeah um i love it man this movie this movie is fucking great uh so yeah that's where we were when we first saw this movie i think i was a little bit older than six years i, I would ima- i would imagine so because that's really i don't, I don't really know why well, i think i was thinking of like how old i was when it came out yeah and i got it mixed up with when i probably first watched it yeah i was probably like 10 10 yeah, yeah. that's see that sounds about right Sorry. like 10 like 10 or 12 that's when i my probably... parents are that horrible yeah because <laughs> like, like i said i mean on the surface there's some stuff in here i think without the lust sin part the movie's not the movie's not that bad yeah but that part is really (sighs) fucking bad i remember seeing that the first time and being like yikes i don't even think my parents knew what they were seeing on that part yeah because like they're like when they flash that picture real quick dude yeah it's what (laughs) it's fucking really gnarly yeah but like i said if you take that scene out of the movie the movie's still really fucking dark oh yeah really messed up but that not takes it up. that takes it up a huge fucking notch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so course corrected. Let's uh, move on. <laughs> Let's move on to the the cast here. So, all right. Well, um, before we get to the cast, cast, I want to talk a little bit about David Fincher. Um, this isn't the first movie he did, but he came up doing music videos. Uh, he shot like a bunch of music videos in the eighties for. Uh, I think Janet Jackson and who's that other chick hosted American Idol? Paula Abdul. Oh. Um, bunch of bunch of famous music videos and commercials. Um, and then he, like I said, uh, directed Alien Three, which 
was it received well? I think I've seen that. The production. I started watching it, and I was like, oh, I could kind of see why nobody likes this movie. It, that's not... No. That's the one where Sigourney Weaver... That's Alien 4. It's not her. She's a clone, and uh, they... Uh, her, she's like on some planet with a cult and they shave her head for some mm, reason no yeah i started watching it and it's i was not, thinking of alien 4 when resurrection when they inseminate the alien and it like like gives birth and she's like relate she's it's she's like, like related to it she's yeah, basically yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, her child that guy the guy with the fucking knife dildo he's he's in that movie oh uh. yeah um but uh yeah so he made that movie. It wasn't received well. The production on it was supposedly really tumultuous, really bad. Mm. Um, and he was quoted of saying, I'd rather get colon cancer than make another movie. Fuck. And then, um, funnily enough, uh, studio, fuck with that, man. Studio, <laughs> studio had a had a big problem with the head in the box scene at the end of the movie. Oh, uh, yeah. So the script was revised. And then when they sent the script for David Fincher to get him to direct it, they sent him the original one, the wrong one, and he read it, and he was like, "Oh, this is something that I'd actually want to do." Mm. So he read that and signed on to the movie. There's some more stuff that goes into that, but we can talk about it a little later. And then he makes this movie for thirty-three million dollars, and it makes three hundred twenty-seven million dollars. Oh, yeah. So ching, baby. He's pretty much like a green light to like do other stuff, everything else that he wants to do. Yeah. So he makes this in '95. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything in between this and Fight Club that he does, uh, which nothing's coming to mind. Um, probably should have looked this up beforehand, but in 1999, he does Fight Club with Brad Pitt again and Edward Norton, and that movie is a pretty big success. Um, not in the way that this movie is, but uh, it, it gets like mixed reviews and some other stuff, but... He makes that movie. It becomes like this really big film broy movie that everybody fucking really likes, um, for the most part. Yes. The game. Oh, the game with Michael Douglas. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's the one that I'm missing. That'd be a good one. Yeah, no, I'm down to do that one I as well. Seen that in a yeah, while. so he does the game. Um, I think in '97, '97, and then '99 uh, he does Fight Club, mm-hmm. and then after that. Uh, I believe he does Panic Room. Oh yeah, so yeah, so after he hasn't that, done that many movies. <clears throat> no, he hasn't. He he spaces them out. Pretty, That's pretty, pretty sick far. though. Like, yeah, I like that style. Like, yeah, so he he does Panic Room, which I refuse to see because Jodie Foster's in it. I saw um, it. It's okay. Is, is it okay? You don't Never like her? Seen, I'm, I'm I I am not a Jodie Foster fan. You like her? Okay, who do you hate more, her or Kevin Costner? I feel like they're the same person. <laughs> they're both fucking cornflakes um like they're just white like white fucking just mannequin people pretty much don't shade at yeah dude i fucking hate (laughs) i hate her her cadence and how she speaks she's the female zorg she's (laughs) she's zorg's sister and let's get let's get this correct not gary oldman the actual yeah, Zorg. Zorg, yeah. She's Zorg is actually a descendant of Jody Foster. Yeah. That's how he came in all his money. Yeah, yeah. And became a tycoon. That's how, that's why he talks like that too. <laughs> it's passed down. It's a it's hereditary. Um but yeah, so he does Panic Room with uh Jody Foster and a very young Kristen Stewart. Uh never seen that movie, so I can't really say anything about it. And then after that he does Zodiac. Really? Is that the next one? Yeah. Yeah, so then he does Zodiac, which is a phenomenal film. Yeah. Um, really, really good. 
great cast, super creepy. It's in the same vein as this. It's about the Zodiac Killer in the in San Francisco in the 70s. Really, really good. And then he follows it right up right afterwards with um, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which I love that movie. That movie is really long, but I remember when it first came out, I was just so entranced by the trailer, and I just wanted to see it, and uh, I really like it. It's it's a slow burn, but it's almost like a Forrest Gump movie where it goes across somebody's entire life, and mm-hmm. see, you see how they affect um, a bunch of people in their lives and everything, and it's, um, it's, cool. it's done really well. I mean, it's, he does everything really well. And then next up, uh, probably my favorite film of his is uh, The Social Network in 2010. Um, I remember when I heard that they were making a movie about Facebook, and Facebook had only been around for like a year. And I was like, why would anybody find that important or yeah. interesting at all? And boy, howdy, when this movie came out. <sighs> That's I was, your shit right there. Dude, yeah. I was, that movie. I was fucking blown away by that movie. Obviously, Aaron Sorkin pens it, and then David Fincher directs it, and it is fucking fantastic um some of the best best things best scenes in that movie um just conversations between friends and enemies and stuff it's it's really great um and it didn't win best picture that year which is stupid stupid uh the king speech which (laughs) good movie but i didn't see it dude Ask anybody if they remember the King speech or the social network. Right. You're going to get it fucking, yeah, every every time. And then after that, he followed up uh, that movie with uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. I haven't seen that either. That movie's pretty badass. It's yeah. another thriller, murder, mystery type movie. Um, Daniel Craig and uh, Jesus Christ. Her name's escaping me right now. Rooney Mara. <clears throat> She's fantastic in that movie. She's really, really good in that movie, actually. And then after that, he did Gone Girl with Ben Affleck and um, Rosamund Pike. I have heard great things. I still haven't watched it yet. Um, But, yeah, that's David Fincher. I think he's um, one of the best directors working today, for sure. And uh, he's got this, um, this feel about his movies. They all just seem really, really disturbing. Mm. Um, Even the ones that are like little bit lighter hearted and stuff uh he's he's got this interview where he thinks that people are just perverted and perverts and like they're just they have nasty intentions all the time and it shows in his movies for sure um but yeah that's david fincher i think he's really great um and if you haven't seen any of those movies i definitely you should go watch them because they're pretty much all really really good yeah i need to i'll watch the dragon tattoo one i haven't yeah that one's pretty pretty gnarly as well um but after that uh we move on to the cast first up we got brad pitt who uh plays david mills in this movie talked a bit a bit about him on the snatch podcast so if you haven't listened to that one go ahead and go back and listen to that but yeah he um first movie is dark side of the sun which i haven't seen that was in 88 and then he does uh, cutting class in 89 and then women all around the country fall in love with him in Thelma and Louise in 1991. He's a little cold-hearted bastard in that movie, but uh, he didn't have a shirt on, so they forgave him for that. Uh, cool World, which we talked about a little bit in the last podcast, is uh, the Snatch one that comes out in 1992. True Romance, 1993. So he's working consistently this whole time. Legends <laughs> of the Fall, like I said, 1994. Interview with the Vampire, 1994. And then I think 
all those movies, uh, I mean, few um, aside, he's kind of like the pretty boy, and people in Hollywood aren't taking him that seriously. And I think with Seven is when he really, um, really starts making movies that he wants to make. Yeah. Um, in 1995, he makes that one, and he also makes Twelve Monkeys. He works with David Fincher again. Oh, yeah, Twelve Monkeys is great. We could do that one in the future. Um, works with David Fincher again uh, for Fight Club, and in again on Carrie's case of Benjamin Button in '08, and then he works with Tarantino a couple times in Glorious Bastards, and wins an Oscar for a bunch of awards actually for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in 2019, and um, he's going to be on a movie coming out later this year called Bullet Train. And apart from that, he's got a lot of producing credits. Oscars won for producing things like 12 Years a Slave and a bunch of other movies. Um, and yeah, I think uh, Brad Pitt is here to stay. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. He might maybe move more into producing roles, like I said. But uh, I feel like uh, everybody kind of likes Brad Pitt. What do you think? Yeah, I don't, I've never heard of anyone. Like, just like, oh, I hate that guy. I yeah. can't stand him. Yeah. He seems like a cool dude, honestly, too, like outside. Mm -hmm. um, he's famously married to Angelina Jolie for a while. He has this thing that people talk about that he always looks like his girlfriends. Like if you look at, his pictures, of, look at pictures of him when he's with Gwyneth Paltrow at this time, he's like all clean cut, blonde hair and everything. Uh, and then, I didn't know they were together at this time. Yeah, I think they got together after this. Mm -hmm. And then he's with Jennifer Aniston for a long time. And oh, yeah. he kind of like has a fucking Aniston, like a, what are they, what's her name on that show? Rachel haircut. Rachel, yeah. And then, yeah, <clears throat> he gets with Angelina Jolie. That's and, funny. Uh, yeah. Now, is he married to somebody now? I don't know. I think he's just having a little fun, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Um, I just seen him recently in a, in that Sandra Bullock movie. With oh, John, the, lo with like the, the Lost Cena. City or something? Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum, yeah. He's He's got a very small part. Yeah. But he's fucking hilarious pretty funny yeah I, I i had mixed feelings about that movie it's yeah. um it's pretty much romancing the stone with the roles reversed i haven't uh, seen that yeah it's uh 80s movie um but uh yeah brad pitt him in this movie i find really really annoying early on later on he starts like yeah calming down like he's, oh yeah yeah, yeah. Like, he's a hot shot yeah he like he's like super cop. fucking hard-headed and then uh later on he starts getting more serious about it once he gets like hurt then he's just like oh yeah, oh, yeah i gotta fucking yeah i realized. gotta slow it down yeah but uh yeah after that we have god um who plays will <laughs> somerset uh if you don't know what i mean i'm talking about the man morgan freeman uh i'm assuming morgan freeman has been in a lot of movies before driving miss daisy but that's when he really uh bursted onto the scene um he had a movie called street smarts in 1987 and then he does driving miss daisy in 89 lean on me in 89 and glory in 89 um, yeah. so he had a really big year i remember the first movie i saw him in it was one of my favorites and this is gonna surprise you i can't wait robin hood prince of thieves starring Co uh, kevin costner um dude stop bullshitting dude you I, love I, don't, kevin costner. I don't like kevin costner i really really don't <laughs> but you like that movie but so was, you like kevin costner. i was little it's robin hood there's bows and arrows and swords and all this shit um do you still like that movie I do. You, yeah. I do still like it, but not because of Kevin Costner. I like it because it's a cool little action flick, and then it's just a. It shows you Hollywood at that time where they could get away with casting 
a white guy barely doing a fucking accent. Yeah. Um, Christian Slater, who is not British at all. I know. It, it just shows you what Hollywood was, their mindset back in the day. Um, so it's it's a fun movie. But uh, yeah, after that, he works with uh, <clears throat> Clint Eastwood for the first time, Unforgiven. Oh, sick ass movie. Um, which I didn't see until I was way older. And yeah. it's a good movie. I didn't care for it that much, though. Yeah. I was like, eh. It was a little, little drab for me. But... Um, then he does uh, another great movie, Shawshank Redemption, 1994. Oh, yeah. That's when I first saw him. Oh, uh, yeah. He's fu- he's he's great in that movie. Um, everybody knows him as, like, he's got this reputation for a great narrator. And oh, yeah. I think that's where that kind of springs from. Andy Dufresne. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> then he does Seven, 1995. And he also does Outbreak that same year. And that's then he one. does, after Seven, I feel like he gets a little typecasted into doing movies like this. Like, all three, all three of these movies, I feel like I don't remember which one's which. Kiss the Girls, Along Great. Came a Spider, uh-huh. High Crimes. Like, those all kind of just mix in together for me. Yeah. I just rewatched both of those. Oh, really? Um, I think early this year, or late last year. Wait, which one? Because I named three. Kiss the Girls, okay. uh, and Along, Along Came a Spider. Came, came Spider. Because I've seen all of them. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I remember these movies being pretty cool, and I watched them with Melissa, and she's like, "I've never seen these movies. These movies, yeah, are they're awesome. they're good, they're good movies, yeah. But I can't rem- I can't remember them distinct- yeah. distinctly. High though. Crimes, I, I've never seen that one. Um, and then he does other movies. <clears throat> uh, he does Bruce Almighty in two thousand three. Some of All Fears with Ben Affleck, which I remember seeing that for the first time, and I was like, "Oh, this is a pretty cool movie." Deep Impact. Um, Deep Impact. He plays the president of the United States in nineteen ninety eight. Um. I remember the big controversy that same year Armageddon came out and it was like, oh, which oh, big yeah. meteor movie is going to win? Armageddon took the cake for sure. Yeah, it's just... Um, it's... He joins the Nolan Batman universe in 2005 with nice. Batman Begins and then he's in all the sequels, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Works with uh, Clint Eastwood again in 2004 on uh, Million Dollar Baby and then works with Ben Affleck again. Well, Ben Affleck's not in the movie, but he directed it, Gone Baby Gone. In 2007, he plays uh, Nelson Mandela in 2009 in Invictus with, uh, help me out here, um, Goodwill Hunting, Matt, Matt, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Um, and then he's he's been in so much shit. Olympus. Did you say Bucket List already? No, I haven't. That was 2007. Um, with uh, And apparently, fun fact That's here. That's a fun movie. So he plays Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. And then you're aware of the thing called the Mandela effect, where people thought Mandela was dead, but he was actually like alive for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, oh, you remember things different or whatever. Apparently, I saw something online. The the bucket list, like, oh, that's on my bucket list. That wasn't a thing before that movie came out. Really? There's like, I was. We were looking online. I thought it was. We were looking online when I found this out. We couldn't find any reference to a bucket list before that movie came out. Because uh-huh. there's a term, oh, he kicked the bucket. Yeah. But the the whole the, that whole term uh, bucket list. I guess it didn't exist before that movie came out, which wow. is weird. Um, and then he joins the franchise, which I never. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know if they're good or not. But they seem kind of lame to me. Um, now you see me. Uh, the about magicians who rob people. I haven't seen that. Um, there's a sequel that came out, and then there's another sequel that's coming out pretty soon as well. Uh, <coughs> I'm oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, go for it. Oh no! It's just it's a movie I wanted to add that he that he's in. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure he's in. Yeah, because um, he plays a villain, and I and I 
he doesn't have many where he plays a villain, but I think when he does, like he can he can really go for it. Is a dream catcher. Yeah, yeah. Um, we talked we talked about that actually oh, okay. already. I think I think we brought it up. Um, but yeah, that is uh, Morgan Freeman. He's great in this movie. He uh, he fits right into the like. Oh yeah, he's so believable. The he, he just um I wanted to start a new category also for the movies that we do. Um, you know how uh, I don't know if you ever seen honest trailers on YouTube. Well, they they go through movies and they're really honest about what the movie's like. And then at the end of the trailer, they say the name of the movie, but they make up a name that's like kind of the same thing. So I was like, oh, we should do that. If we can name this movie something else, what would we name it? Oh, yeah. Um, and I was going to say No City for Old Men because it's pretty much like No Country for Old oh, Men. Oh, yeah. But, I, I was thinking the same exact um, thing. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's great in this movie. I uh, love Morgan Freeman. He's been a lot of great stuff and I'm sure he'll continue to impress. Uh, next up after that, we have Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, she is the daughter of that one chick. I just forget I said that. Blythe Danner. That's that's her mom's name. Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow. She has a she has a really small part in Steven Spielberg's Hook. She plays a young uh, Wendy. Uh, 1991, and she has some movies in between, I believe. But this is where she really like starts building steam. Um, for in seven 1995, uh, she's in a movie called Paul Bearer with David Schwimmer in '96. And then, dude, probably like I mean, not all these movies they don't have the same success as the other one that I'm going to talk about. But this many movies in one year coming out, and some of them are that successful. Uh. In 1998, she does a movie called Sliding Doors, Hush, Great Expectations, Shakespeare in Love, which she wins an Oscar for, and A Perfect Murder, all in 1998, which is crazy. So I think after that, she becomes like the it girl, um, girl next door. And then, yeah, uh, Talented Miss Ripley, which comes out the next year, 1999, which is really, really good. Uh, Royal Tannenbaum, she works with uh, Wes Anderson on that one in 2000 and she also does shallow hal uh oh, yeah. which is a great movie mm-hmm. that i don't think they can make today um yeah but i mean what movie could be made today and then later on she joins the she's at the inception of the mcu she's yeah. pepper potts in iron man and uh she's in all three of those iron man movies like later on uh in avengers movies here and there and stuff uh how do you feel about gwyneth paltrow as an actress i she, like her a lot do you really? Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, I'm never like... I, I've... I always was like, oh, she's cool. And then... um, And Shallow How, because that movie's so funny. I was like, oh, it's cool because she can, like, be comical. You know? She yeah. could, she could, She's in on the joke. Yeah. Um, And then even when she joined the MCU, I was like, I liked hers and yeah. Robert Downey's rapport. Yeah. And everything. But right around Iron Man 3... Um, her character gets kind of annoying. She's getting um, a little too much power. Yeah, I just, I just, <laughs> I just uh, no, I, like, I mean, stuff like that happens in the comics, so it makes sense. But I can't buy Gwyneth Paltrow as that like powerful Pepper Potts character. Mm-hmm. So by the end of like Infinity War, when she's fucking like in the Iron Man suit and like fi- or Endgame and fighting oh, yeah. alongside them, I was like, I don't. 
by her in that role, but yeah. whatever. I mean, she's, she's already been in the role for so long. So Can you imagine the, the the mental capacity that you would have to have to go and fight a bunch of fucking aliens? aliens? <laughs> <laughs> And you were like a secretary like the, eight years yeah. before, like dude, what the fuck? dude, that's some shit they never address. Yeah, like they they started addressing like like Tony became Iron Man because he was in a fucking cave yeah. and needed to fight for his life exactly. for like three months, or and whatever. that probably never left him. Like, yeah, he ever. still had that nightmares trauma. About yeah, him. you know, they make that a whole story arc yeah. in like a couple movies. Yeah, um, but yeah, her, she's fucking. Eh. I'm your assistant, and then... I'm not scared at all. Yeah, to go fight. I mean, I guess if you're fighting for the fate of the world, you kind of have to. But, but still. It's, yeah. It, there's a little bit of, a uh, little bit too much of uh, yeah. suspension of disbelief going on there. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Uh, right. After that, we have Kevin Spacey, who we talked about pretty extensively on the Elliot. Yeah. LA Confidential podcast that I did with uh, Jerry. Mm-hmm. We addressed the uh, elephant in the room that he's a kid diddler, allegedly. Yeah. I don't know how much merit. I didn't look into this at all, at all. So don't take my word for oh, it. Um, I'm sure I didn't either. I read somewhere because he's got a new movie coming out. Oh, shit. And apparently, I, it can't be all of them because one of the guys that accused him of diddling him was a dude from Days and, Confu- Days and Confused. Oh, really? And, and, uh, the movie Rent and everything, but apparently a bunch of his other accusers just died suddenly before they testified against him. What? That's what I heard. I don't know if that's true at all. So don't like. I'm sorry for spreading misinformation if that's the case, but I just I heard that the other day. But yeah, he's been in a lot of great stuff. Um, I really enjoyed his work, uh, and I still do his older stuff that I watched before, I don't think I'm going to be buying a ticket to go see anything that he was in. No, yeah. Um, but a few things, like we said, he was in LA Confidential, The Usual Suspects. American Beauty. American Beauty. Uh, dude, just the list goes on and on uh, of great stuff that he was in. He was on House of Cards for a long time, Horrible Bosses. Just I like that movie K-Pax a lot. Uh, I remember, I remember like he plays Hopper in A Bug's Life. Jeff Bridges. Um, the Negotiator. Time to Kill. Time to Kill. Yeah, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. He's, oh, yeah. he's just in so much good stuff and shelled out so many. The Ref, um, so many good performances. Um, and it's a shame that he is a terrible person, <laughs> apparently. Um, so, yeah, I, I think um, we don't need to spend any more time talking about yeah, him, if that's fine. the case. But uh, uh, one thing that I did want to say is that his name was... Uh, taken out of all the marketing of this movie nobody knew that he was in this movie until it premiered and john doe uh he he was revealed as john doe um which i think is a cool thing because at the time he was a name for sure Mm -hmm. um quick question yes totally unrelated maybe our listeners can help us and comment or email or yeah yeah um pigeon or smoke signals (laughs) is absinthe legal I don't think so. Um, not in the United States. I'm pretty sure it's not. Okay. Why are you asking? <laughs> Why you got some? Because Melissa just texts me. That. She's asking if it is? Or not me, but she, to the group chat. She's asking if it is or yeah. she has some? No, she's asking if it's legal. Yeah, there's some that you get here from down south of the border, mm-hmm. but it's usually called like absente, uh-huh. and it doesn't have the hallucinogen it's just like yeah. really gnarly like liquor uh-huh. um that's not the real shit yeah it's not the real shit i i think it is illegal here okay yeah 
Um, but All yeah, right. if anybody could let us know about that, where to get some, so you, we could turn them into the police. <laughs> uh, you know, you can't know. you can't get Everclear though in Arizona. I'm pretty sure you can get Everclear all over the place. Yeah. And like I, I fucking know in sure. the Appalachian like strip, I'm pretty sure you can find oh, yeah. that shit somewhere. No, but you just go you just hop over to Arizona real fast. And they you got get, it. Get a real bottle of Everclear. Um anyway, yeah. um yeah, so that's the main cast. There's a few people that I wanted to shout out here. Uh mm-hmm. R. Lee Emery, he plays the police captain. Ermy. Ermy? Is it Ermy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Ermy. R. Lee Ermy, sorry. He plays the police captain. He's, of course, the uh, drill sergeant in Full Metal Jacket. Oh, yeah. Also in Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, and he's in The Frighteners, and he plays the character he plays in uh, Full Metal Jacket, but he's dead. Uh, Saving Silverman? Oh, Saving Silverman. Can't forget about that one. Dude. Um, he's been in a lot of shit over the years. Yeah. Uh, he fits the captain build in this movie for sure. He's uh, so calm. Easily fits into the. I, you got to <laughs> imagine all the shit that he's seen over the years. Yeah. Um. Next dude, Leonard Osser, who plays the crazy guy who fucked that chick to death with a giant ass knife. Oh god. Um. That guy kind of plays the same role and everything. He's he's got a quick part in Saving Private Ryan. Um. There's a part where he's like dying and panicking and like crying like he is in this movie in in Pearl Harbor. <laughs> he's a great crier. Uh. Yeah. He's he's uh in a movie called uh, Very Bad Things where a group of dudes that go to a bachelor party and they accidentally kill a hooker. With oh, John, I've seen that. John Favreau yeah, and yeah. Christian Slater and a bunch of people. Um. <clears throat> and then he's in one of uh my favorite episodes of Married with Children. He's done a lot of TV and a bunch of other stuff. But yeah. Just thought I'd shout him out. John C. McGinley plays one of the SWAT officers. We oh, yeah. talked about him in Office Space. He's also in Set It Off and He's Platoon. Bob, Bob, and uh, Bob Slidell. And uh, he was on Scrubs for a lot of uh, a lot of mm-hmm. years. Uh, he's got a really small part in this movie. I feel like he pro- they probably filmed more stuff with him in it. Yeah. And then it got cut down. Because mm-hmm. why have John C. McGinley in that role if you're not going to actually use him? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mark Boone Jones, who plays the FBI guy, uh, he's uh, that guy. Um, he's in Memento, and then he's also in Batman Begins, so he's a favorite of Christopher Nolan. He was on Sons of Anarchy for a long time. Yep. Um, John Carpenter's Vampires, and mm-hmm. then another vampire movie called 30 Days a Night, which mm-hmm. I thought was cool little take because they're in alaska for 30 days and they don't have any sun so scary ass movie um yeah uh he's he's always good in everything that he's in uh and then we have reg e kathy um he plays a coroner this is a guy who i don't think he's a bad actor at all but because of his character in the mask um i always hated him and everything else uh he's in the mask he's in airheads he's an american psycho he was actually on uh house of cards with kevin spacey mm-hmm. um he's been a lot of shit uh tank girl bunch of other stuff but um yeah he's he's definitely if you saw his face or you hear his voice for sure um you know who he is he was in that terrible version of the fantastic four that they made not too long ago um and then who else we got here we got uh <laughs> let's see hawthorne oh, james who plays the library secretary, uh, security guard, I mean. Um, he's the bus driver in Speed, I just thought. Oh, okay. And then he's also in I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, which is a movie I absolutely love and we should do on this podcast. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, I got Richard Roundtree, who played Shaft for many, many, many years. And I was I saw him today, and 
he obviously doesn't look like Shaft in this movie anymore. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit older. And there was a movie that I, I knew I knew him from, and I was like, just bugging the shit out of me. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time, um, directed by Ryan Johnson, called Brick. That came out in 2005. Not a lot of people that I know have seen it, but um, yeah, I just I, once I saw, I was looking at his credits, and I was like, that's where I fucking know that voice and you know everything about him from. But uh, yeah, he plays a DA in this movie. Well, I, I I think I know him from somewhere else. Too, he's in a lot of shit. He's in a lot of black black exploitation movies. Um, apart from Shaft, like a bunch of them, and uh, yeah, he's been in a lot of shit, dude. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So that's the cast. Um, and now we can move on to the nitty gritty and talk about this movie. So right out the door watching it this time for whatever the 10th time or whatever what stood out to you just there's a scene where he says something under his breath that i never noticed what's that uh when he tells when he tells uh morgan freeman he's like oh yeah like uh like dante right dante's inferno he's like oh you read it he's like yeah he's like yeah parts parts of it yeah yeah i I never heard that before i am not a big fan um of subtitles i actually hate subtitles i think they um take away from everybody that worked on the movie yeah yeah. um if you're staring at subtitles uh but uh i had it off i was i I was i was watching i was watching this um on hbo max and i sat down and i had been doing a lot of running around and when i sat down the subtitles were on and i'm like i'm not getting back up to like turn them off because i couldn't do it with the remote so uh I saw that. I, I caught that one too. Um, but yeah, what what else? There's another scene um, where um, there's so here's another movie metal moment. Okay, great. I was thinking about this today that like you got that your movie metals like segments, and then I was thinking about um, I usually relate the movies we're talking to, to about to video games, uh-huh. um, and this one was definitely one. But go ahead. Yeah, there's a there's a scene where the, uh, this band Martyr AD uh, they use the part when he tells him he tells John Doe at the end he's like you fucking liar you yeah. fucking and they just like keep repeating it yeah and he just fucking liar fucking liar fucking liar and then the song starts nice it's sick and and what 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 band is it um they're called Martyr AD Martyr AD yeah they they've broken up but they 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 came around like early two thousands nice um for anyone who wants to check it out. They're a great band. The song's called Failed Polygraph Examination. And the album Make, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and and then the album is Human Condition in Twelve Fractions. Nice. So I'm glad yeah. you got all that information for us. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh so movie metal minute. Um I love the alliter- alliteration, by the way. It's great. Um so yeah, I was watching this today, and obviously it's fucking pouring rain through pretty much this entire movie. Um, and even the music, I looked up who did the music, but I did not write it down. But um, there's a video game that I came across uh, in the late 2000s. Um, it's called Heavy Rain, and it's about a father who loses his son like at a park. And there's a serial killer who's been... Um, kidnapping little little boys and when they find them their their lungs are full of water and mm-hmm. it always happens when it's raining um so he goes it's it's the father looking for son because the serial killer is in contact with the father 
and only sending him and is like, oh, if you go to the cops, your kid's going to die. So the father's looking for him, and there's a private investigator involved, mm-hmm. and then you play as the father, the private investigator, and then a journalist that's covering the story at the same time, and, a, and an FBI agent. That's that's It's all interconnected, and just the mood, the rain... Um, the music and yeah. like the like the darkness and the grittiness of like this story. Um, I was watching it today and I was like, dang, I wonder if at any point because the way that video game is, the mechanics of it, it plays like you're controlling a movie pretty much. Yeah. So I'm wondering if the dude who wrote it, his name's David Cage, um, was influenced by Seven at all. Um, I was mm. trying to look something, look up if that was the case, but I couldn't find anything. So maybe not, but it definitely feels like it. Feels like it. Uh, yeah, anything uh anything else that that stood out to you? Yeah. Doesn't it seem to you like they're in Gotham? Yeah. It it, it um, seems like they're in Gotham. You know, it's it be, and I was thinking about not that specifically, but I mean, I've been in New York and yeah, there are seedy parts of New York and everything, but there's a lot of nice oh pretty yeah. spots and just beautiful art and just lively people walking mm-hmm. around and everything in this movie paints a picture of new york city just that's awful that's that's it's grimy and it's dirty and there's just evil but they evil never say where everywhere. they are though they don't say that yeah i'm just assuming they're yeah, in yeah. new york um i was thinking maybe chicago, chicago that's possible as yeah. well um I think when if Paltrow says something about living upstate, yeah, uh, and then and then also um, uh, Bill, right? Is his name Morgan Freeman? Yeah, Willem or William, yeah, yeah. William. Um, he mentions about the farm. Yeah, he's like, "What are you gonna do? Uh, work on the farm?" Yeah, like, yeah. He's like, or whatever. He's like, "Yeah, that's the idea." Yeah, he mentions farm, so I'm thinking farm, like where the city looks like that where there yeah. could be a farm that could be Chicago that could be it, Illinois it could, Illinois, it, it could be know? and especially the ending where they're out in like all those grass fields like I can't yeah. think of any place surrounding New York that that's really no, like yeah. that you know that looks like California at that point yeah it really does yeah. Um, so yeah it's it's, it's interesting um, but yeah this this movie is fucking crazy the I'll, way the way it starts uh, how Morgan Freeman's like He's, he seems very meticulous. He's got yeah. his knife, his wallet, yeah. his badge, all that stuff together. And then he goes to grab his jacket and his bed's already made. I'm wondering, like, was he in the military before? Yeah. Um, he pulls that piece of lint off his jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I never even... Uh, I I don't remember it going day by day, like, showing you what day oh, it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's seven days, seven mm-hmm. sins, stuff like that. Uh and then I and then because it's been a while since I've seen this movie, um, I didn't remember the like cold opening and then going into uh, going into the Nine Inch Nails remix mm-hmm. like uh, like credits parts. Yeah, I thought that was like I don't know. It it seemed it seems like something David Fincher wouldn't do today, mm-hmm. like if his life depended on it. But who knows? Um, Mills when he's on because he he gets there like the first the gluttony mm-hmm. like gluttony murder uh, he gets there and he just won't shut the fuck up mm. and Morgan Freeman wants him to stop talking and mm. I'm like thinking is he nervous like oh yeah is like what like what to is big it dick. yeah um, and he's like kind of like cracking the jokes like yeah they do they make fun of it like on they make fun of it on sitcoms but about like CSI or like fucking yeah whatever like that's one fried turkey or yeah, like yeah. some bullshit like that 
Um, I was just getting so annoyed with him uh, <laughs> at the beginning of this movie. Uh, but yeah, anything else? Anything else about the film? That's uh... no. I just want to say one more thing about the Gotham thing because it, it gave me like those kind of fe- like feels and those vibes. Because when he tells him after they leave, yeah, he's like, "You you fought to get transferred here." Yeah, he's like, "You want you want to come here?" Yeah, and then you know the, the way they talk about Gotham, it's like the worst city yeah, ever. Yeah, and so I'm like, "Oh man, it's always dark. It's always raining." And I'm like, is Batman lurking up on that on that fucking building <laughs> well, top that, right there? Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense too because I mean, um, the Batman when it came out before it came out, like the final trailer, <clears throat> I was watching it and I was like, dang, this is giving me like seven vibes because mm-hmm. they have that part in like where they're in at the funeral and then uh, Bruce Wayne looks up and there's like the light shining, you just see this dark figure and it's the Riddler like standing there and he's mm-hmm. like a murderer in that movie, so. Um, it it definitely kind of matches matches that vibe a lot. Uh, let's see what do I got. Oh, one thing the um, the greed murder. It's in the paper. The press yeah. is there. Yeah. And homicide just gets there. Yeah, I know. I was like, that's a little. Unless they got like an anonymous tip or something. They mentioned that how they get yeah the, the, info the, the info from the info, cops. Yeah, but that's like they pay a lot of money. You printed a fucking. You printed it. That was quick. And then it hit the street, yeah. and then Mills is just getting there. Yeah. It's a little... Yeah, I yeah. was like, eh, that's a little far-fetched for me. Uh, one thing that I... um, I... Oh, uh, one thing that stood out to me was the fucking... Um, all the computers in the office. 1995, so it makes sense. Because yeah. I, I had one of these things. Yeah, and same. did not use it for anything, really, at all. Uh all the computers on the desk are the black and green green mm-hmm. PCs that you know everybody used to use. And I I try to think about it now. And I'm like, what the fuck did anybody use those computers <laughs> for? I remember having one in my house, and I was like, oh cool, a computer, and turning it on, and it didn't do anything. You just want to hit the keys. Yeah, and then I remember having these giant ass floppy disks that oh, were yeah. supposed to like run different programs, and like none of it ever. And now as I'm older, like I guess there there was like whole. Like Dungeons and Dragons yeah. games that you could play, or like any like just themed games that you could do on there. But I just never understood how anybody figured out how any of that shit worked. Meanwhile, people are doing crazy fucking calculations. Yeah, like and stock market, stock market trades and stuff. shit on there. And, and we're like, like huh? What the fuck. I mean, granted, I was like six yeah, years old, right. so like you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, I just saw those and I was like, damn, I forgot those things existed until right now. Um, <laughs> And then also Bach in this movie, they play Bach when yeah, he's in, in the, the library. In the library, yeah. Uh, I feel like, especially that, I can't remember what song it is, but it's. I feel like it's so synonymous with like serial killings and mm. shit. Um, Very Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, shit, shit like that. There's another video game that uh, when you're like, it's it has more to do with like demons and like fucking weird shit like that, but. Um, when you are in your safe space or whatever and like i don't know saving your game or whatever they're playing like a bach-esque like mm. classical song like that and i just was just like now now whenever i hear bach or anything like that it just instantly makes me think of like serial killers or mm-hmm. something which is which is funny um <clears throat> what else do you got um as far as what what stood out 
Yeah, I mean, what stood out, or like, if you want to talk about like your, because I have a few of the like scenes that I was just like, oh, this is something that we would definitely be talking about here. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I really like when, uh, besides all the murder scene, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, like when he's in the library, like walks in, and like he tells them, you know, like all the knowledge, all the knowledge in the world of knowledge. You guys are playing poker. Yeah. And he goes and like, I mean, how long did that take him to find those books? Dude, man? So long hours. And at that point, like, dude, and like we said, a computer at the library, even then you're like looking through it. And then I, looking how they used to find, like they had these machines where you turn the knobs. And, oh yeah. And you're looking for different places in the library and which row and like, which section to pull yeah. shit out of and it's like and he's fuck. going manually he's yeah like, all that and then uh copying all the pages yeah. and putting that notebook together for mills um, and then i like when it shows him fucking just looking at the picture and be like what is a dead fat guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's really not that good at his job he's like mm. um he's fucking cracking the case for him he's just pretty there pretty much beer. yeah like, uh i obviously once once uh they get split up um and then once they get he gets the other murder and it's the greed one mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then they have the scene in, in the office where they're talking to the captain and he goes over the seven deadly sins to them yeah that scene i remember i the, love that scene the one thing before seeing this movie um was the trailer there's so many parts from the trailer that i just remember i can almost remember like all the sound bites there's a part where he's going over the seven deadly sins mm-hmm. um the part where they're spraying the the oh, spraying the, the wall for the fingerprints yeah. and then uh Brad Pitt's like, Oh, have you ever seen anything like this? Blah, blah. Yeah. All that stuff. It like it was just a bunch of shit in there. But yeah, the Seven Deadly Sins is definitely one scene that um stands out because as a moviegoer earlier on, I think if you've seen the trailer, you're gonna know. Yeah. But if you'd never seen the movie and you watch, you're like, oh, this is what so this, important. this movie's gonna be setting up. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, now now you know like how long you have to go before you get to the end of the puzzle because yeah. these are just the first two and there's five more to go. Yeah. Um, I really like the scene after dinner when they're going over the case files. Oh yeah. And they're looking at they're looking at the pictures, <laughs> just trying to figure everything out. Yeah. Um that scene to me because it's feels like that's the first time that um somerset really like accepts him yeah not accepts him but accept that he's going to be dealing with this case yeah. like even before he tells him way later on like oh i'm gonna stay on until this shit's over or whatever because that's like pretty much the end of the movie yeah um but that scene it's just when they first really start like working together mm-hmm. and figuring everything out um after and that's uh at the same time uh even though brad pitt only is reading the cliff notes of dante's inferno yeah. and everything else um he's able to like kind of spit back a little bit like oh i remember dante this blah blah, blah like all that stuff that opens his mind up and but you, i think even before that it's surprising that he noticed um on the picture oh no that is when he notices on the picture the the blood oh yeah circles. yeah, yeah. Like he noticed, like yeah. oh, she's seen something, or she's gonna see something. Yeah, that she hasn't seen yet, and yeah. and then yeah, like that 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 little piece there is really cool because he tells him before he's like, oh, the trick is to do this, and then find one thing to focus on, and yeah. then like they're looking through it, and then he tells him he's like, oh, this is the one yeah. thing. He's and not they, completely stupid. Yeah, and in then that they, moment, and then realize. they go see the wife or whatever. But 
hold on, before we move on from that scene, don't you love when he's like, I'm going to get a beer. You want a beer? He's like, wine, wine please. please. Yeah. Brings it back to him it's in a, a glass. Giant, like, looks a regular it. like, glass you put water in. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way he looks at it. Dude, yeah, he like lifts it up. He's yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, next one that I got is uh, when they're outside of John Doe's apartment. Oh, yeah. Um that that the whole ch- the whole chasing like oh it's man I, I was so fucking pissed because it's like oh we got this thing from this S- FBI agent oh we could we could and Brad Pitt is not about it he's like mm-hmm. oh we could find him or we could find some fucking kid writing a college term paper or whatever mm-hmm. and they get there and then fucking they look and then they see fucking John Doe's just silhouette and oh, then he oh, just fucking starts dude. firing I'm like dude if they would have arrived fucking ten minutes later yeah, they, they would have fucking fu- had him they would have had him. And yeah, it just it like just makes me mad. But when they go, <clears throat> they go on the big chase scene, which is a really fun scene. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt gets hurt, and then when they go back to the apartment, and uh, they Brad Pitt wants to go in so bad, and then Morgan Freeman's just telling him like, "Oh, dude, we can't go in. We need a warrant. There's no reason for us to be here. The FBI thing that's totally illegal." Yeah. It's like, "Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right." Boom. Boom! Kicks in the door. You stupid son yeah. of a bitch. And then they're in there, and then uh, he asks them, like, how much money we got? Because he's going to fucking bribe somebody to make up a story that yeah. she called him or whatever. Uh, that that seems really fun. And then when they're, when they're inside <clears throat> the apartment, I think, um, I mean, it immediately follows that stuff, but uh, him reading through John Doe's notebooks. So much shit. It's really creepy yeah. and he's like yeah there's fucking two like two thousand of these things they had they had people on set right writing in those fucking oh yeah journals. yeah like, so i don't know <clears throat> david fincher is really meticulous about everything that he does and he shoots like a lot um and so i'm assuming that he would have wanted yeah because they, they they flip through a lot of the pages and it's yeah, a lot it's, it's a, a lot of shit and it and and it doesn't look like they were just kind of randomly no, generating. It's like, real, like, like shit, like and that. And the words are so small. Too. Yeah, so they're fitting in so much fucking. And yeah, I just, I just, you know, Brad Pitt's like, oh, like we, he's kind of like, oh, we're here, we we got it, like we we know it. And then Morgan Freeman's like, nah, dude, this shit is it's gonna take us fucking forever. Yeah. Like we can't, we can't use any of this. It's yeah. it's almost it's almost useless. Yeah. And then they get the phone call, and then they talk to John Doe on the phone like really quickly. That that whole scene, I think, is just—it's so frustrating. It's yeah. so it's so maddening because you you could almost feel their frustration coming through the screen because you're just like, dude, they have all this evidence here, like they should be able to piece this together, but it's it's nah. just so much. It's just so methodically planned out that it's gonna take a lot more for them to fucking uh to figure out. Um. Next up, I have the ride to uh, the last two bodies. Okay. The conversation that they have between uh, John Doe, Mills, and Somerset. Um, just that whole back and forth between them. Um, they want to get to know John Doe. Uh, I love how every time Morgan Freeman feels like Mills is getting a little bit too upset. He kind of starts asking John Doe questions to like calm the situation down a little bit, mm-hmm. and then even John Doe's like pretty, pretty fucking like just whatever about it. And then he 
gets really upset when he calls those people innocent. Wait a minute, I thought all you did was kill innocent people. Innocent? Is that supposed to be funny? An obese man? A disgusting man who could barely stand up? A man who if you saw him on the street you'd point him out to your friends so that they could join you in mocking him? A man who if you saw him while you were eating you wouldn't be able to finish your meal? And after him I picked the lawyer and you both must have secretly been thanking me for that one. This is a man who dedicated his life to making money by lying with every breath that he could muster to keeping murderers and rapists on the streets. Murderers. A woman. Murderers, John, like a yourself. A woman. So ugly on the inside that she couldn't bear to go on living if she couldn't be beautiful on the outside. A, a drug dealer, a, a drug dealing pederast, actually. And let's not forget the disease spreading whore. Only in a world this shitty. Could you even try to say these were innocent people and keep a straight face? But that's the point. We see a deadly sin on every street corner, in every home, and we tolerate it. We tolerate it because it's common. It's, it's trivial. We tolerate it morning, noon, and night. Well, not anymore. I'm setting the example. And what I've done is going to be puzzled over and studied and followed. He fucking starts going, going yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, really interesting. Really believes that shit. Yeah. Really is like, he is, he, if you were to look in a way at John Doe, he is the embodiment of that saying, God works in mysterious ways. Yeah, if it were to be like a like a a freaking religious freak, a f- religious like, like you know, if God, extremist, if, yeah, and and to be honest with you, I, like I said, I grew up religious, yeah, and if you're Catholic or if you're Christian and you've read bits and pieces of Bible, that God is really fucked up, yeah, like really, really fucked up, yeah, vengeful and fucking just allows hor- and, and and commands horrible things yeah. to happen so yeah in that instance if it's the god of the catholic bible or the christian oh, bible yeah, yeah these god, people deserve it god works in yeah. mysterious ways and i'm his like servant i'm doing yeah. god's work it yeah. me- makes total sense yeah um i don't see why anybody would i'd be like yeah makes sense to me dude <laughs> uh god seems like a bastard um but yeah, that that scene's really good, and then obviously, um, this is, I think my favorite scene is just just the ending. Mm. Uh, once Morgan Freeman opens up that box, and he's got oh. it immediately, he's immediately like, oh, fu-, like, yeah, oh shit, um, he's got to run back and try to get Mills to throw his gun away, g- gun down. Yeah. I saw you with a box. What was in the box? Because I envy your normal life. Put the gun down, baby. It seems that envy is my sin. Oh, what's in the box? Not till you give me the what's gun. What's in the fucking box? Give me the gun. He just told you. You lie! You're a fucking liar! Shut up! That's what he wants. He, wa- he wants you to shoot him. No! No! You tell me, you tell me. That's not true. That's not true. Become vengeance, dude. Nah, no, she's all right. You tell me. Become Wrath. Tell me she's all right! She made her a suspect, David. No! Just throw it all away, you know. No! 
She begged for her life, detective. Shut up! She begged for her life. Shut up. And for the life of the baby inside of her. Shut up! him he will win oh god oh god oh man it don't is you fucking... think he, i think he handled that poorly who did? Morgan Freeman. I don't think he should have been running and yelling, like, alerting him like that. I think... He hadn't seen what's in there yet. I think that he knew that John... Oh, he's going to start telling as him? As soon as he sees what's in that oh, box, yeah, yeah. he's going to let it out. Oh, yeah. Because okay. his whole point was to have Ms. Yeah, Mills right. kill him. Um, and, and Morgan Freeman knew that well enough that he had to get over there as fast as possible. Yeah. And, and And even in this instance, I was thinking, like, why doesn't he stand in front of him? Why doesn't he stand in front of him? He throws his gun, or why doesn't he put his, like, drop your gun, John, put a gun on him? But I think, and this was the first time I thought about it, deep down inside, Morgan Freeman thought John deserved to die, and he didn't yeah. have to be the one to pull the trigger and let him so fucking do it. he was part of it too, huh? Yeah. And, yeah, and even though he's trying to convince him otherwise, I think more he's trying to convince himself that he doesn't believe, <laughs> you know? <clears throat> it's it's a crazy ass scene. Because... And, Everything is based off of emotions. Like when when he has that that he has so many freak out moments. Yeah, and when he tells him, he's like, "It's it's what do you say? It's uh, impressive." Yeah, to see a man feed off of his emotions. Yeah, but yeah, that that whole scene and uh, Brad Pitt's just. I mean, <clears throat> when he finds out about the baby, it's like kind of like, "Oh, you didn't know." Nail in the coffin. He didn't know. Yeah, it's it's pretty gnarly. <clears throat> and uh yeah brad becomes wrath yeah but uh that last scene it's fucking heart-wrenching <clears throat> i always like i always thought i remembered seeing blonde hair in the box but this time around i d- didn't see anything you don't see the face no they 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 cut to it really fast maybe i was writing something down yeah uh I just uh, I know that when he's thinking about killing him or not, they flash the like Gwyneth Paltrow's face, but it's not her head in the box. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I, I thought I thought I see her head real fast. Like it's like. Are you talking about when Brad Pitt's about to shoot him, or when Morgan Freeman's looking in the box? When he's looking in the box. Oh really? I I'm, maybe I looked down. I could have sworn I could have sworn I didn't see it, but who knows? Um, but yeah, if uh, you had to pick one, any of those scenes. Do you have any other ones? Favorite scenes? Man. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if that's my favorite scene, the ending scene. Yeah. Um, but I really like the scene when uh, 
I kind of like the dinner scene for some reason. Really? I don't know why. I don't, I don't like that scene. Because you see Morgan Freeman laugh. I don't like Morgan Freeman laughing. Wow. I was actually I was actually thinking about that uh, when I was watching it. I was like, his his laugh seems really forced to me. I, I don't know. know. I don't know. I think he's just laughing a little too. And and then also, why they're laughing, I don't buy it really that much. The vibrating house. Yeah. I think I think uh, he thought I was gonna be. I, it's like half. Uh, like a like a just a, a silly joke, and then part of it is a, it's a sexual joke. Is it? Yeah, it's a vibrating house. She's and that's why she was laughing so hard. That's the way I took it. And Brad Pitt is like, all right, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> thinking of my wife getting off on this house vibrating. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> fuck! I didn't never <clears throat> caught that one, but um, yeah, it, I I don't know. I don't like that scene that much. No, I'm, I'm not saying that's my favorite scene, but. I, I enjoy it. You enjoy. I enjoy it. But then directly after, yeah, I I do like um, when they're sitting that, down. Yeah, they're going over the case. Going files. over the pictures. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. Um, I don't know. I call me call me sick, but I kind of like. Uh, look, I don't like it, but it's fucking gnarly, and it gave me nightmares for years. But when they go to the sloth scene. <clears throat> the sloth murder, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, murder scene, dude. That part's really fucking gnarly. Yeah, it's it's really creepy. It's crazy because like everything he that is that's the most elaborate one. Yeah, that he and then he and, and then he talks about it too. Yeah. He's like, think about the will it takes for a man to like have somebody strapped down to a bed for yeah. a year, uh, fucking giving him antibiotics so the bed sores don't get infected, mm-hmm. chopping off his fucking hand and taking it with him to go fucking yeah. ride on a wall like. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. <clears throat> that scene, man. And then when he wakes up, holy yeah. fuck, dude. And John C. McGinley, you got what you deserved. And then just... Ah, oh, dude. Oof. Dude, yeah. How do you keep somebody alive that long that's yeah. like that? And God, it's so... Yeah, ugh. Yeah, no, that's that's, uh, that's a good one. <clears throat> um, no, it, 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 I... I can I can get behind that. We haven't really I, talked I, about the murder scene. No, so. not really. Um, <clears throat> that if if I was gonna pick any one of the murders, that would probably be my favorite too. Yeah. Um, because that's what it is. Like I said, this is almost like a horror movie. So if we're mm-hmm. not gonna talk about the horrific stuff, then what's the point? Um, that would probably be my favorite like murder scene or whatever. Uh, the one that's really hard to watch is I mean, when they get to the whorehouse or whatever. Yeah. That part isn't that bad. You don't really see anything. You don't really see anything. Um, very uh, was it Mary Kelly esque, like Jack the Ripper. He killed that chick on the bit, like the last chick he killed. Yeah. Um, but when they get back to the interrogation room and they're cutting back, they're cutting back and forth or whatever. And dude, that dude's just fucking having like hyperventilating. Can you do your about... best impression of him? <laughs> I kind of don't want to. <laughs> I feel like I'll do it too good. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he told me to fuck her. And I did. I, I, I fucked her. Dude, just so bad. So bad. I'm just like, oh, this is so hard to watch right uh, now. It really is, man. It's really bad. I feel bad for him. Because, I, I mean, I feel bad for him too. No, no, no. But obviously in the movie, but in his career after that. Oh, dude. Nobody was ever going to yeah. see him any different ever yeah. again. Yeah, that you're you're absolutely right about that. 
Uh, yeah, it's re- it's really bad. That's a hard scene to watch. <laughs> yeah, dude, just going crazy. Yeah. Insane, insane. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that 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 part's really hard to watch. Um, especially There's- because like you. Because they talk about, like, oh, you made this for this guy? Like, you did this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and then, obviously, you know that chick's dead. Yeah. And then they go back, and then he starts talking about it. And then they show you the picture of what he oh, was yeah. wearing. And it's just like, dude, what the fuck? And then the guy said, that's not even the craziest thing I've made. Yeah. He's like, it's all performance art, man. Like, you yeah. know, I didn't think the guy was going to go actually do something. Murder somebody with it? Dude, that thing, you would split somebody in half, oh, yeah. like, from the bottom down. Oh, Ugh. another movie metal moment. Um, there's a Cannibal Corpse song called "Fucked with a Knife." Okay, is that before or after this movie? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's before. But let me don't hold on. Yeah, figure that out. Let's find that out. Because really, you know, <clears throat> that that was a huge influence on death metal was horror movies. Oh no, right? for and, sure, and metal in general. And, and Andrew Kevin Walker, the writer of this movie. I've thought about really fucked up things writing like a detective. Like I, I had an idea about because I read somewhere there was this book that I found like at Spencer's when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and it just Damn, ha- and, it, and it just has like a a two thousand odd facts that you know you don't you don't know or like you didn't know or whatever. And one of them that I read in there is that um, the bile in your stomach could dissolve a razor blade in two Whoa. in two weeks. Whoa! It could dissolve it completely in two weeks. So. Later on, when I was, I wanted to write like a detective noir story, like about detectives in the 40s or whatever. I had this idea in my head that they don't like how they go to John Doe's house or whatever. Detectives go in there and they find a bathtub Mm -hmm. um, and it's full of bile and they don't know what it is. And they're like, oh, what the fuck is that? And uh, they get the test back and they're like oh it's fucking bile from it so this dude's been collecting his own bile in a tub and that's how he dissolves bodies because if it can <laughs> dissolve a fucking razor blade it could get rid of a body completely that's insane yeah it is insane but that's something weird for me to think of to like to write and i think that's pretty fucking dark right yeah but the fucking dildo knife like that's really fucked up dude yeah. like hey. i can't imagine putting pen to paper and like oh this is gonna really fucking get them that that really that song gnarly came out in 94 so oh really so maybe the guy maybe he was listening to cannibal yeah. corpse so i guess he lived in new york at this time mm-hmm. oh that's another reason why i was putting new york to it he lived in New York, and uh, I guess he really didn't enjoy his time there, and he just saw it as dirty and gritty, and that's when, like, right after he started writing this movie. Mm. So he said if he hadn't lived in New York, he probably wouldn't have wrote this movie. Damn. Um, but, yeah, uh, pretty gnarly stuff. Pretty gnarly stuff. Anything else before we move on to the last bits of the show? If we're talking quotes. Yeah, there's plenty of them in this There's one. so many good ones. Okay, lay them on me. I don't understand this place anymore. And that's why we both agreed on the No Country for Old Men thing. Yeah, yeah. That's where I, that's where <clears throat> totally. I got it. That's where I got it I from. I was like, holy shit. Why? I, I didn't think about that before. Yeah, yeah. It's literally, he's Tommy Lee Jones in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. When he, when he tells him that story of the guy getting stabbed in his eyes, he's just like, I just don't understand it. Yeah, and it's, and it's literally uh, the Charlie Walzer story and fucking, mm-hmm. it's the dismal time. Dang, I can't wait to do that he, movie. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, <laughs> no. 
That's fine. Yeah. Sometimes that's all you can do is laugh. <laughs> yeah, dude. Two fucking people coming out with a dog collar. Yeah. That's so good. Bones in their noses. <laughs> dude, yeah, I can't wait to do um, that. Also, the doctor, after they have the sloth guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and you know, and so this is, this goes, this goes in with, you know, people believing these, some of these people getting what they deserve mm-hmm. because he talks about all his, all the things that, you know, he had done to him, you know, the bed sores, um, you know, chewing off his own tongue, his hand getting cut off. And then he, the, the doctor throws in his own little bit of fucking, you know, yeah. judgment of yeah, the guy. Yeah. Cause then he's like, well, even he's like, this guy's seen about as much pain as anyone I've ever seen. Yeah. And he still has hell to look forward to. Mm-hmm. So that dude's like putting in his own little two cents of like, yeah, this guy's a piece of shit. Yeah, he's going to hell regardless. He's going to hell. Uh-huh. You know, I don't know. Like, <clears throat> it kind of gives you like a, an insight, you know, to what people might think, you know, no, like, for like, sure. like that, 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 that side of things. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, and usually has the religious connotation to mm-hmm. it or influence of that person. You know, making these judgments over other people. Yeah. I'm sure the guy was a fucking, you know, yeah. bad dude. But, like, when you say, oh, you still got hell to look forward to, like, yeah. you'd only say that if you're really a religious person, uh-huh. you know. I don't know. I I I like that part, but, like, it it's just, like, it's a really good, really good line. Yeah, no. That I, I, that I enjoy. Um, I also like the, <laughs> it's really small. But I love R. Lee Ermey when they're, when he's telling, when, uh, <clears throat> fucking, how do I forget, I forget his name. Um, Somerset? Somerset, so, sorry. When he's telling him about the the seven deadly sins. Yeah. And then the phone rings. Oh, yeah. He's like, this ain't even my fucking desk. Hangs it up. So dumb, so small, but I really like that part. Um, One thing that stood out to me this time, and I think it's specifically because I had already seen the movie before. The, everything in the background, everything in the foreground of this movie is so fine and detailed. You yeah. can see everybody close up and everything. And what so that makes using whatever lens you're using, everything in the background dark and muddled. And it's either it's either rain or darkness or or just a lot of clutter in the background. Mm-hmm. And because you have those moments where um, where Kevin Spacey shows up. And he's fucking. He takes a picture of him. Oh yeah. Or, you know, when they see a silhouette in the hallway before he shoots and all that stuff. Every time, before and after that, specifically because I've seen the movie already. And Mills and Somerset are talking to each other. Like I, I'm always looking in the background. There's always these shadowy figures, yeah. and I'm always just thinking, is he there somewhere? Is he oh, yeah. watching them and stuff? And that was one thing that I didn't pick up on the first, like before watching it. And this time, I was just really thinking about it. Like, fuck, what if he's in that bar with them right now? Oh yeah, and he's just sitting in a corner and he's staring at them and stuff like that. Like, yeah, like how early on he got, yeah, he was yeah, on to them, yeah. And that was just one thing that stood out to me this time around that I was like, that's, it, it just made me feel uneasy. I've seen the movie yeah. a million times. I know how it ends, but I was watching this time and I just felt like, yeah, like somebody oh, was yeah. watching me watch the movie or something. Yeah. Somebody's watching me. <laughs> um, don't you get true, true detective vibes? Oh no, without a doubt. Like true yeah, detective you, you wouldn't, came you would, from this. yeah, you wouldn't have true detective if you, if yeah. you didn't have seven. Yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, anything else? Um, yeah, okay. I don't. I don't know how you didn't bring it up, but what? What's it? 
I might have had it written down here. I haven't looked at it. I'm sure you do. Okay. The scene when he gets the cliff notes delivered to him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Dante. Dude, yeah. I'm like, damn, Um, dude. I remember. Who hurt you, man? I remember. uh, Was he forced to read this shit when he was a kid? I remember trying to pick (laughs) up Dante's Inferno and like the Seven Seals and stuff because like knowing the contents of it. I would love to read that shit. Like hearing the contents of it, like, oh, that sounds cool. And then you start reading it and you're just like, damn, I can barely understand any oh, of this it's a shit. lot of like old, yeah it's yeah it's it's lingo or old it's words it's it's almost like have you ever read like the odyssey or the iliad probably in high school yeah something. i mean i think you have to like in 10th grade yeah. or something but it's all it's like it's very biblical like how right. how, how it's how yeah. it's written um i i have since read a little bit more of them but it's still like damn this is it would take a lot for me to like actually sit there and break everything down and figure out all, all that shit. I'm sure. Dude, that scene after he throws the fucking cliff notes and shit or the yeah. book, like but like he like is physically hurt by the just fact that the he fact doesn't he has, understand it. Yeah, and, yeah, but like I see something deeper than that. Like I see like <clears throat> he was like reading it in school and somebody was ju- was making fun of him or someone was yelling at him because he wasn't understanding it. Yeah. Like no. there's something oh, no, tied to sure. it. No, for because sure. Because he's like, ah, like he like grabs his head. Yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah. Like, dude, I'm like, whoa, man. Like, like he's upset. Yeah. There's something tied to it. Yeah. Maybe he was a dumb guy in class and he's always been trying to prove to other people. Um, yeah. it's Or what if he was beat by Like priest? with the book? with the book yeah by a priest <laughs> or his dad it but could he, be because he didn't understand it and then that's why he hates that shit yeah that's why he hates dante <laughs> <laughs> poetry right fucking dante oh dude that's uh, too funny but yeah, yeah that scene i remember yeah that scene's fucking funny um anything else you got <clears throat> no i mean the scenes it's like like we jumped through pretty quick. Yeah, we usually spend a lot more time like talking about certain scenes, like bullet, like going yeah. through it, the whole thing. Yeah. But no, I mean, I, I, this movie is like it just flows so well, and you know each scene is like or each murder scene is like a new, like it, it, it's a new day, but like it's I don't know, man. It seems like so much time has gone by yeah like i said like 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 i said day to day i i um i'd seen this movie so many times but i hadn't seen it in a while before this and i could i couldn't remember them showing every day when Mm -hmm. the new day started when they fall asleep and then when they get like all that i couldn't remember that it's kind of often in the screen like and, and it's in my in my head you're right i i felt like this movie took place over like weeks yeah where it takes place over only seven days yeah so it, it, you're right i um i feel i feel the same way uh for sure um before we get to the end um the hard hard question have a this couple not hard at all oh okay um i have a couple of uh uh, uh casting what ifs actually um okay. so originally when um the writer uh andrew kevin walker was writing it he envisioned uh william hurt who just passed away to be in this role um you guys might know him from uh the movie michael or dark city or uh what the hell else is bill oh he was uh 
um, Secretary Ross in the MCU. Um, he just passed away recently. Um, but I guess uh, Pacino passed on the Somerset role. Uh, yeah. That's... Same thing with uh, Robert Duvall and Hackman. Um, yeah. Although I'd... Pacino, this would be... It, it would... I couldn't take it. Denzel passed on Mills, and he yeah. said later on that he regretted it. Um, this was one that I was like, what? This... I think if this person was cast, David Fincher wouldn't have made this movie. Okay. Sylvester Stallone is Mills. <laughs> <laughs> he passed on it. Yeah, I would love to know why. I I don't think I was just watching an interview of him like right after Rocky, and he was saying this is the exact type of movie that he the reason why he made Rocky. So there's an interview of him right after Rocky. Um, I think he's talking to like Dickavik or somebody else, but he's they're like asking him why he made it and why he's like, oh, because I think that the the last uh, seven years it hasn't been anybody to root for. Everything's just been away from morality, away from God. And I I just want to make a picture that is a lot better. People warm their hearts and root for somebody. So this is like the exact type of movie that they were making in the seventies that he didn't want to be part of. So. I I think it makes sense that he 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 read the script and turns it down right away. <laughs> Fucking Dante poetry writer. <laughs> yeah. Um, Christina Applegate, Kelly Bundy, uh, turned down the part of Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, and uh, all these people, I'm just like, yeah. For John Doe, uh, Ned Beatty from Deliverance in 1941 and a bunch of other stuff, he turned down John Doe. And I, th- I don't know if he turned it down, but his name was in the loop. Val Kilmer for John Doe. That would be cool. That would probably have been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I think Kevin Spacey fits the role perfectly, uh, especially what we know of him now. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's some casting what-ifs. Um, like I said earlier, David Fincher got promised to do the script if they kept the head-in-the-box scene. Um, as well as Brad Pitt, he said he wouldn't do the movie unless they kept it in. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie was actually supposed to end like right after, uh, right after Brad Pitt kills John Doe, and then studios didn't like that ending. So David Fincher himself shot the last two scenes, taking away Mills, and then with the whole Ernest Hemingway quote at the end. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's how the movie ends. Um, so if you haven't seen it, uh, sorry. Uh, but, yeah, let's move on to the last segment and ask the really hard question. If we had to, you're a producer, I'm a producer, we get the rights to seven. Do we make a prequel, a remake, or a sequel? Maybe it is a hard question. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, I think I'd like to see... Um, I think a a sequel. A sequel to this? Yeah. With both Somerset and Mills or no, Somerset? No, Somerset's enjoying his life. Oh, okay. This was too much for him. Yeah. He used all of his power on you this You don't one. think Mills goes to jail after this and loses no. his badge? You think they cover he it up? He probably loses his badge, but he doesn't go to jail. Doesn't go to jail? No. So maybe he's then, like a private eye after this? Yeah, because all the cops are like, that guy's a piece of shit. Good job, Mills. You fucking killed that piece yeah, of shit. Yeah, you yeah, killed yeah. your wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come and on. your fucking unborn baby. Yeah, no. That, yeah. that he's not going to jail. Okay. Um, but yeah, he he's recovering from this, uh-huh. you know, some twenty years later. 
Yeah. <clears throat> then he's Somerset. He gets a rookie cup. No, because that's the, that's the classic. Like that's like the you know. Yeah, it's like Chinatown. Everyone does that. Yeah. yeah. No, somehow he's he's like he's okay. He's uh he's Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Yeah. And True Detective. Yeah, yeah. Those years later. Mm-hmm. That's him. But he's still he's now, maybe he is Somerset in a way that like he's smarter. Yeah, he, of course. He sees shit, of course, yeah. But not he doesn't like get a rookie cop. To yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, he's smarter. Yeah, he's he's you know he never remarried. But what's what's the what's the crime that he's like? What happens that he he's pulled back into like a murder mystery? Copycat. Type? Copycat killer. Oh, because he because <clears throat> okay that works. Because Kevin Spacey tells him that he's going to be remembered for yeah. this, so copycat killer tracks him down and pulls him into like a whole murder type yeah. situation. Ah, so I like that. It'll be studied, it'll be talked over, yeah. puzzled over for years. I like that. And the movie's called Eight. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that too. I was like, Nah. Uh, eight heads in a duffel bag. Oh God, dude, that movie. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> Oh man, no, that's that's good. I like that. He yeah. could be, Brad Pitt could make that movie right now, oh, yeah. and I would go see that. It'd be so so good. Yeah, It'd be so believable. Yeah, and finally he he read Dante's. Yeah, Inferno. Or they don't all the like, way through. Oh, uh, the way the way the way Hollywood the Hollywood like works now with like sequels and franchises and everything. You always got to give a little fan service. So let's say there's a scene where he meets like. Uh, somebody that doesn't know him that well, and then they're at his apartment or place or whatever, and Dante's Inferno sitting there. You actually read all this? Yeah, all yeah. of it. Yeah, this time yeah. instead of some of yeah, it, yeah. some bullshit like that. He's like, it took me a while. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or it may, it'd be cool. Morgan Freeman is in it. Yeah, but only for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He drives out to go to go get to his go, opinion. Yeah, on to go talk to him about something. Yeah, yeah. And then you don't see him again. Yeah. He's doing fine. Yeah. He's enjoying his life. That's uh that's that's a good sequel pitch. That's yeah. a really good we should write David Fincher and fucking <laughs> And then in this one we'll use the the bile uh Ooh, the bile thing. There you go. Because I was gonna say, Oh, I do a remake but it's set in the forties and then I do the same thing, but I'll use the bile thing. But we could use the bile in this one. That'd be sick, yeah. Be really sick. Alright. It's pretty disgusting actually. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think that's a that's a I think honestly this might be the best pitch that we have so far out of all the movies that we've done. Oh, yeah. uh, the other ones all kind of seem like half-assed because like Brad Pitt's look now would be perfect. Yeah, no, for His sure. His hair is kind of long. Well, yeah. maybe they'll cut cut it so he doesn't look so he much could like look, Matthew, yeah, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Yeah, but it could be anything. But yeah, that fuck I, that. He he influenced that shit. Anyway, <laughs> so. uh, yeah, I think that's a that's a great pitch for a, a seven sequel. Um, but yeah, uh, what did you have? I would like I said I was gonna say do a remake, but oh remake, okay. just do it my own way. But I mean, I didn't really ha- I didn't write anything down for it. I was kind of going off the cuff. But I think uh, I think yours, we got it. We my other it. my other uh, thought too when I was watching when I was thinking of that question, yeah, because uh, remember when uh, Somerset talks about the two murders before that? Yeah, he just couldn't. I was I was thinking prequel. He, yeah, yeah, like he couldn't solve. Uh-huh. He's like, it's not your first time you walked away from mm-hmm. some. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that maybe that would be cool. Yeah, but yeah, the sequel would be dope. Like, I think that works, man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's that pretty much wraps us up here. I think we covered the whole movie. Um, 
Jason, where can the people follow us? Now, I studied this this one a lot. <laughs> Play it again, man, underscore pod. On Instagram and TikTok. And, uh, yeah, you guys, we really enjoy um, you guys commenting on our post. And we really enjoy uh, if you guys have any requests or anything, send us messages or whatever. Follow us. Tell your friends. Tell your family. For Play It Again, man, I'm Steven Valdez. Jason Brunez. And we will see you at the movies next week, guys.